Whether you believe in ghosts, spirits, or communicating with the dead or not, you can't deny that we're all interested, fascinated even, with ghost stories. Truth be told, I initially wanted to do a deep dive on the history of ghost stories tonight, but I quickly realized I can't do that. It's always existed. It's too broad. Culture, religion, these all affect people's beliefs in the paranormal. One thing is certain. Some people out there not only believe, but have had multiple paranormal experiences. And we're going to hear about some of those from a trusted friend of mine tonight. Now, before skeptics like myself write these experiences off, we need to ask ourselves, why are we fascinated with these stories? Could it be that deep down, we're aware that there's more to learn, and one day something that we consider paranormal now might just be normal? This is a study of strange. Welcome to the show. I'm Michael May, and Halloween season continues here at A Study of Strange. And tonight's episode is going to be an interesting one because we're going to be talking about ghosts, ghouls, and spirits, and why some people believe and some don't, and discussing this with me and opening up about some of her own experiences is Brandy Stillwell, who's an old friend of mine. She's a writer and stand-up. And Brandy, what what are you best known for? Are you probably best known writing-wise for the Sasquatch Detective? Is that like your your biggest thing? You think? Um, well, I had a book that came out last year. Um, that's called um, None of This Is Going According to Plan. Mm-hmm. It was originally called Jesus Hates Me, but my mother tolerates <laughs> me so many short stories to give you a big idea why. But then my mom vetoed it and uh, and cried. So uh, <laughs> even, and it is no longer called Jesus Hates Me. Uh, now it's called None of This Is Going According to Plan, which you can buy at barnesandnoble.com or Amazon. Nice, nice. So tonight... Brandy, as you know, because I invited you on to talk about this stuff, we're going to be discussing some paranormal things. Mm -hmm. And in sort of my own nerdy fashion, I actually wanted to kind of define paranormal and supernatural because they're used synonymously and they're not technically the same thing. And I even use them synonymously. So I'm at fault of the same thing. But ghost stories typically are considered to be paranormal, which is like outside of normal, but maybe one day considered part of like known science, whereas supernatural is are things that will never be explainable. They're kind of like a lot of religious phenomena and stuff, powers that are that are not part of normal science are supernatural. And I think ghosts are typically put into that paranormal category. Would you agree with that, Brandy? Did I sound smart? You did sound smart. Nice, and you nice. so smart that I was like, hey, I'm I'll get on board with that. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's that's my own definitions of them. So if anybody disagrees with me, please email a study of strange at gmail.com. Let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> that's my call to action is to let me know when I'm wrong. <laughs> and on that note, Brandy, just bear with me a second to do a little podcast housekeeping here. Um, so thank you all for listening so far to the show. And I'm going to encourage everybody to subscribe, rate, and review like I always do. But now I've been encouraged by other people with podcasts to basically tell everybody, if you leave a review, I'm going to read a review on the air once a week. So I'm going to I'm going to give that a shot. I'm a new podcast. I'm going to try some new marketing here. 
So if you're listening and you haven't left a review yet, please leave a review. You can email me at studyofstrange@gmail.com, or I'll just find a random one and read, which might be fun anyway. So please give a give an old subscribe and review. And also you can support the show on Patreon, uh, which you can find through astudyofstrange.com. We have some additional exclusive ghost content coming out this October for Halloween. So you can support us there. And anyway, that's that's all my housekeeping, Brandy. I'm going to keep it short tonight. Wow, you just cleaned the place up. It's sparkless. It's sparkling now. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's funny. So people at home can't tell, and I don't know why I'm even going to share this, but I cannot see Brandy. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time I'm doing a podcast without seeing somebody. And I have to tell you, it is actually really starting to get a little weird. It's, it's it's fine, but go ahead. I can see you and I don't understand why you can't see me, but I will be able to perform better because I'm not staring at my little picture like, oh, wow, you shouldn't yourself. that donut this morning because I can see it. I can see it in your jowls and that side profile of your mm-hmm. double chin. Not your double chin, just mine. Well, that'd be weird if you could see it in my double chin too. That'd be, that'd be odd. <laughs> Now, Brandy, you know me. You know I love paranormal stories. I love ghost history. Well, do you remember we even ghost hunted? I know. And I I tell people about that all the time. I had so much fun ghost hunting. And what was the name of the place we went to? I always forget the name of it. It was Preston Castle in Ione, California. Right. And, And if anybody out there watches ghost shows, you'll see it on all of the ghost shows. They all they all go to Preston Castle. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I had a blast doing it. And I so I love doing things like that. But I am a bit of a skeptic still. I, I don't fully believe I'm very scientific. I want like 100% proof. I want to experience something myself. And most things that I experience, I, I tend to find explanations for right or wrong. I tend to find an explanation for even just to myself. But I don't judge people that believe in these kind of things. And the way I look at it is, if one day it's ever proven that ghosts are real, I'm not going to be shocked. I'm just going to be like, oh, cool. They, they finally figured out a way to like, like prove it. So you, on the other hand, I'm going to say are probably a little different, right? Because you you do believe, you have had a lot of experiences that I know you've told me about, and I'm sure there's many more. But how would you kind of describe yourself when it comes to these things? Um, I... I do believe, and I, um, I, you know, I think I told you like when we were kind of doing like a pre-interview and uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, and then you had even said, "Oh, I remember this story." Like, you know, when I was a kid, and I didn't, you know, we were sheltered. My sister and I, we were so sheltered um, from ghost stories and violence and all of that as kids, and we lived in the country in the middle of nowhere. And this is before the internet. You know, it was the late 1900s, and there was, you know, only four channels. <laughs> Picking <laughs> off at midnight, and it was like bars with a Native American, and you know, um, and then a tone, and then it went away. Um, but I want to say, I think it was like seven when my godfather Gary had passed away, and we were at his funeral, and it was like it's to me, I want to say it might have been the first funeral I'd ever gone to. It was like in the first two or three. It was in, you know, my top three at the time, maybe. Um, But, and it was an open casket. And I remember Gary having on a 
tan it was a it was a brown suit and I remember it was important for my mom for us to see him in the casket as a child to understand that this part of his life was over um and so uh, and that he was gone and that we wouldn't see him again. And I remember sitting in the church pews. And again, we, you know, we're Quaker, uh, where I was raised Quaker. Oh, I and, didn't know that. Okay. Um, we're sitting in in the um uh we're sitting in the in the pews, and you know, our pastor uh played guitar. And so, you know, there's sound system, you know, and so but I remember like sitting there, everyone's crying, everyone's sad, open casket. I can see Gary. But I also remember looking over to my right and seeing him sitting on a speaker and he's wearing the exact same brown suit and he winks at me and I'm seven and I can see him as clear as day. Mm. And I remember really like kind of freaking out about it and wanting to talk about it. And like, you know, he's not dead. He's right here. What are you guys talking about? And I just remember my mom getting so angry at me and I, I got in trouble and, um, you know, almost like shamed and like, you know, you're, you know, you're being so disrespectful to his family. Stop talking about this. And then, um, and I carried that shame with me. And then it wasn't until years later that my mother admitted that she saw him too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's some good parenting there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, she just didn't know how to handle it. She didn't know how to handle it. It was startling for her too. Um, but to me now, years later, that like kind of justified it. Mm-hmm. And um, kind of like months later, I remember, you know, my sister and I, we, we each had our own room, but I would co- go upstairs to my bedroom and I would hear voices talking in our closet. And um, as soon as you'd open the door, it would stop. And then I remember somebody had brought a Ouija board over. I know there's contradiction in Quaker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We weren't normal. Um, and so <laughs> we were, I remember playing with the Ouija board when we were kids, and I would was telling my mom all this stuff, and she was getting angry. Now, because we lived in Kansas in the middle of nowhere, you we didn't have like a normal trash service. We had barrels that you would burn, you would burn the trash, and then mm-hmm. you had like these wire netting things that went on top to contain it. And I remember my mom getting so angry that um, us telling her all these things that we were talking, this, you know, Sam who drowned in the Mississippi River is talking to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're children, and it's not going over well. And I remember one time my mom took the Ouija board in the middle of the night and went out to the pasture and threw it into the the burn barrel. And the next morning coming back in and just screaming and yelling at us, like, you know, we didn't know we would we do. And the Ouija board was back in the hall closet (laughs) and we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We didn't even know she had done it, you know, kind of thing. And so I think the next trip to town, she threw it like in a bag and just didn't say it. And we had stopped behind like an IGNA, which was like a Dylan's or, you know, a Ralph's. And she threw it, threw it in the grocery store's trash dumpster. And then we never saw it ever again. Um, but that's how we <laughs> got rid of it. But it did. The, the, the box showed back up in the house. And to this day, I don't know how to explain that. You know, and that was those that was like, you know, I'm seven or eight at this point in my yeah. life. 
So that was a lot. That was a lot. Um, and, yeah. you know, and then getting in trouble for like, we didn't even know that you had thrown it away. And I felt terrible for, you know, now as an adult, I feel terrible for my mother because I can't imagine how fucking scary that was. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put yourself in the shoes, especially as we get older to think about stuff like that yeah. when, yeah, that's, that's got to be creepy for the mom. And so let me interject some stats here. Cause again, I'm a nerd. I, I study these things. I, I go deep, I go deep dive into <laughs> some stuff. So or in the Fiji's case, dumpster dive. <laughs> Ooh, nice, nice cool. dive. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure there's people out there that are also skeptics. And before you say like, oh, only crazy people believe in ghosts, it's actually pretty shocking how many people believe in ghosts. So it's roughly 40% of all Americans. 25,000 people ask Google every month if ghosts are real. Nice. More this just statistic wise, more Republicans believe in paranormal things than Democrats. But that's also because the study that did this was including demons and other supernatural creatures. There are a lot more sort of hardcore religious people on on the Republican side that believe in those things. Uh, nationality, religion, culture, they all affect beliefs and like what people see and what they experience. In Taiwan, for example, 95% of the population believe in ghosts. And also, uh, just as an example of sort of religion and culture, in Spain and in France, I believe too, I didn't write down France, but I think I think it was both of them when I was reading about this, there's a lot of Catholics and they tend to see when they see spirits, they tend to think that they're saints and not necessarily like, oh, that's the deceased lady from next door or whatever. Like they, mm -hmm. they go into saints. There's also over 2,000 ghost hunting groups in the United States, and loads of famous people, respected people, politicians, scientists, writers, like all these kind of people, vast numbers of them believe in ghosts and spirits and have their own experiences. My whole thing when it comes to paranormal activity and kind of my, my weird skeptic but floating in the middle <laughs> somewhere is that I like to think about the things that could create experiences that may disprove it, but then also like be like, oh, but it may not be that. So just as an example of things that can lead to people experiencing something that they think is a ghost that isn't, there's carbon monoxide poisoning, which lets yeah. it, yeah, it gives people the feeling of like dread, seeing things. So if if you're not somebody that's ever experienced paranormal activity and you start suddenly experiencing it, I would say check to make sure that there's not a gas leak somewhere. Yeah. Check the batteries on that carbon monoxide. Uh. Ex yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, also, infrasound, infra I don't know why I'm having a hard time saying that today, uh, can also do the same thing of feeling of dread, feeling like somebody's watching you, hallucinations, seeing shadow figures, those kind of things. Also, I like to talk about the power of suggestion a lot just because I'm fascinated with it, even from non-paranormal stories. But an example when it comes to paranormal stuff of like the power of suggestion is there's actually been a lot of studies where universities or college professors or doctors, they'll get people together and they'll be like, oh, tonight we're going to be having our meeting 
in a haunted house and apparently like the wife killed herself in her wedding dress in the hallway and they tell these stories and then people at the end of the night some of them will be like i saw the i saw the bride she was in her wedding dress and she was in the hallway and blah 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 and then it's found out later there was no bride the place isn't haunted they're just giving the like the basis for these stories and people start to see it and i'll i'll, I'll quote somebody here uh, a talk thompson who's a phd who's a professor of anthropology from the University of Southern California. He was weighing in on, on these kind of things. And he his quote is, if I ask my students in a classroom under neon lights, how many people believe in ghosts? Very few will raise their hands. But if we're all sitting together in some kind of mausoleum, mausoleum with goth gothic architecture in the moonlight and a wolf starts howling in the middle of Los Angeles, where that doesn't usually happen... <laughs> then more people will raise their hands. And I'll even add to this, people that listen to this podcast, if you listen to my previous episode, The Myrtle's Plantation, which Brandy, it's not, as we're recording, it's not out yet. But when they, when they hear this episode, they're, they're going to have heard that. But at the end of that episode, I actually include my own experience. So I, I did a story with my friend Bill about The Myrtle's Plantation. And I when I was mixing the episode and getting ready to record the outro, I'm in my office where you can see me now and my headphones are on and the door to my office flew open mm. and that door sticks. Like my six-year-old son can't open it by himself most of the time. Like it is a hard door to open and it flew right. open. I then sat down at my desk and about a minute or so later, I started hearing voices and I do, I can hear like the skeptic in me is like, okay, maybe the neighbors next door, they're talking and it, it like bounced and echoed off the walls of the house in a weird way. So I start finding excuses, but I also think, well, I'm listening to all the ghost stories that I'm I'm basically telling myself because I'm listening to myself tell them, but it still, it got me in the mood of ghost and being freaked out about things. So those are kind of some examples of how that can happen. And who knows, maybe it was ghost from the Myrtle's Plantation coming around because they were excited I was talking about him. I don't know. But what I kind of want to end on is... If 40% of people believe in ghosts, people that I respect, I trust, like you, Brandy, and there's scientists and teachers and stuff that believe in it, maybe, just maybe, ghosts are real. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how we, how we ever prove it or if we ever can, but that's where we are. So, yeah, yeah. My, there's my nerd tangent, Brandy. I finished. <laughs> <laughs> Well, from, you know, like I was talking about, like with my mom earlier, I, you know, and throughout my life, I, she has admitted other things that, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, she was visiting me in LA. And at the time I lived across the street from a hospital, <laughs> which yeah. is, you know, as, and I've always been told I'm an antenna. I like, you know, I'm, I'm a sensitive but if you are the kind of person that you're not, then, you know, stuff isn't going to happen to you. Um, but I remember when my mom came to visit, there had been an older woman that had kept sitting on my bed in the middle of the night. And you could see, you could feel the bed, you could see the impression. And it would wake me up like around 3, 3.30 every single night for like two weeks. And I would sit up and be like, hey... Thank you for visiting. Um, however, um, you're not welcome here. <laughs> Sorry, you gotta go. Um, and yeah, it would scare the shit out of me. And then the other thing is, um, you know, because I I would always like to try and debunk things. And mm -hmm. the, the easiest ways for me to debunk is 
I have cats. Are the cats reacting? If the cats are reacting, I know I'm not crazy. And the cats would usually start hissing or, you know, you know, get up, hunchback, raccoon tail, sidewalk out the, the room. I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not the only one involved in this. So I just remember when my mom you know, I was, my mom had stayed with me. So she got the bed, I'm on the couch. And I remember taking her to the airport. And, you know, I was worried that something, you know, the lady would continue to show up. Mm-hmm. And, um, As right before um, I pulled into LAX, my mom's like, Oh, and by the way, do you know, there's some woman that keeps sitting on your oh. bed? <laughs> like, damn it. Like, now I'm supposed to drop you off and I have cars behind me and we can't talk. Why couldn't you brought this up a half an hour ago? Um, But the thing is, so my mom has always been sensitive, but she's, she's very religious. Now, again, when I said, you know, I was raised Quaker doesn't mean I'm religious now. I am not. Um, But my mom still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think she's Quaker now. I don't know what she is, but um uh, so, and it depends on which way that the wind is blowing. If you can talk to her about things like that and other days, mm-hmm. um, but my dad who loves stuff like this, he and my sister were the same and nothing. They would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about, but I also remember he had a house, uh, that he had, Oh God. So there's this house that he had built in the Ozarks, um, in, uh, Eagle Rock, Missouri, uh, down on Table Rock Lake. And it's weird because, you know, he doesn't live there anymore. Uh, but uh, was it like a year or two ago? Lightning hit it and burned it to the ground. Um, oh, no. It was, um, and I saw the pictures. Super scary word. But the thing was, I remember I had come to visit. And then all of a sudden, and, you know, nothing had ever happened. Nothing weird had ever happened. But then I go to leave. And then all of a sudden I got blamed for, like, opening a portal because all this weird stuff started happening at the house. Like, um, I think my dad's wife, number three, uh, which he's on four now, but it was wife number three. And um, she had been out on the deck and had the glass door. And she's, like, windexing it and everything. And all of a sudden she kept hearing like boots, like walking on the, on the deck. And then as she's, you know, windexing with the door open, she sees boots come up and she's like, John, what the hell are you? And there's like no one there. And she about went through the, the glass trying to get away from it. And little things that would be like, they had an Edgar Allan Poe book that got flipped around in the, uh, there were rooms downstairs there was the cloud room because it was painted clouds there was the leaf room because she had painted a tree with leaves blowing off and i remember so the first night that i got there i kept hearing cowboy boots on the tile and then i saw a black smoke thing kind of uh come in and hover around the bed and i had the nightlight on and i sat up and i was like the fuck out of here i'm in no mood i'm in i'm on vacation you got to go and i remember i brought it up to my dad and he was like i don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. and so then later on that growl poe book got flipped around upside down they started um uh my dad who's legally blind uh, had the TV on in the living room and, you know, he can see enough. I mean, obviously he can't drive, um, but he could, um, well, in the Ozarks, he drives. Um, 
That's different. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also why he was on the tractor and ran over our deaf dog. And then our (laughs) dog ended up having three legs, uh, Maverick, and became a tripod. And But Maverick lived a good 10 years after that. It was fine. Um, But he was in the living room and he saw a woman in like a long Victorian dress with like, with lace down to the wrists and up like a turtleneck kind of dress like up to the chin and he was like Pam what the hell do you got on and he turns around and there's like no one there um so and then years it was like a year later or so uh their friend Craig who's a professor at Wichita State University um and anyone that knows Ted Lasso uh would understand that that (laughs) anyway um so Craig comes over and they were talking, there's a retaining wall. And the thing is when they had this house built, they went in with dynamite. It's the Ozarks. Um, And so they had to like dynamite all the trees and pull the trees out. But there was this retaining wall that was, that was always there. And my dad was like, um, you know, to Craig, who um, I want to say was a history professor. He, I don't, he's a professor at WSU. Anyway, Mm -hmm. he was like, you got, there's these rocks that are just on the other side of the retaining wall and they're in a weird formation. And just on the other side of it, there are rocks that there's like five of them that are in a row and they're like rectangular things, almost like tombstones. And one's like two feet tall. The next one's like three feet tall and then four feet tall. And they're, you can tell someone had cut them, but not like, recently and then there is a circle that goes around that with other stones and they were all like uh yeah i oh and then their other friend roger was like a a history teacher at like in derby kansas or something like that and they were all like uh sorry john this is a cemetery this is a graveyard and but my dad kept going we were here when they blew up the trees and everything and ripped everything out they're like wow we would have seen bodies, you know, if there were any. Um, so they were thinking that it was like right there. And so anyway, long story short, a lot of weird stuff started happening um, right after I had left. Cause I was like, Hey, what's going on with the house? And there's this, and I could tell that it was the, the, the dark, the dark cloudy thing, smoke thing. I could, I don't know. I could just tell like it was male energy and, you know, that's why I was just like, I'm on vacation. Leave me the fuck alone. I can't deal with you. But then all this weird shit started happening afterwards. And now, you know, they now your up, dad doesn't invite you over anymore. Uh, kind of. I've been banned. <laughs> <laughs> but they ended up having to build another house down on the point because my dad legally blind. And there were too many levels to that house and being mm. and stuff. And like wife number three had glow in the dark tape around the edge um, yep. of the deck, just even though it was a railing, you know, he didn't need to go off it. Um, but then he, then they divorced and then he ended up moving across the lake and then married number four. And that is in back in Kansas. But then while they were gone, wife number four's friends bought that original house oh, and wow. that was like their summer house, but it was, Gosh, I don't I don't remember what month it was, but there was electrical storm and lightning at the house and to the ground. <laughs> okay, so so you talked about how your mom also saw stuff and talked about the old lady in your apartment in LA. Do you think there may be something in in kind of 
almost like hereditary, like you've picked up something. Maybe. I mean, I can't, I can't prove it. I mean, I mean, I can, all I know are the facts that are true to me that my mom, but again, she's religious and you, you see, you can sometimes talk to her about it and sometimes you can't. Mm. Um, And, um, you know, my dad is, you know, the opposite, like what happened? I want to know this. Why can't, you know, bless it, you know, shakes fist in the air why i want stuff like this to happen to me and there's sometimes i'm like "Hmm, no you don't um yeah and then there's other times where it's just like you know like you know when you and i were talking the other night i was just like you know i had a thing that happened in my apartment that i'm currently broadcasting from um (laughs) that it it was hands down probably the scariest thing i've ever seen in my entire life and i was just like a Tuesday. And that was so weird to me <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it didn't, I mean, I guess I should explain what it was, but um, I have like this, uh, I don't know, this like island thing that separates my kitchen from the dining room office area to the hallway that goes back to my bedroom and bathroom in my apartment. And I was standing in the doorway of my bedroom and, um, you know, being a pet parent, um, I was talking to one of my cats and I'm standing there and I just looked over to my right and I heard footsteps and I just glanced over and I swear, I don't know how to explain this, but an eight foot and okay, first of all, I don't do drugs. I don't drink unless I'm at a restaurant. Um, and I hadn't been in weeks. So, um, I'm standing there and it's probably eight o'clock at night. And I, again, I hear footsteps and I just looked over to my right and I see this eight foot tall shadow person that had like a plague doctor, like a plague doctor mask yeah, with on. The, with the long snout so, thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like a, I, again, I don't like, it was like a cape with boots but it was also in my head i kept thinking like old timey cowboy uh uh like the duster thing the mm-hmm. jacket thing and it just walked right past me like four or five feet from me and just walked into the kitchen and again that is the the most fucked up thing i've ever seen and it should have scared the shit out of me but i was like that's eh, a tuesday <laughs> now is that it a- do you think that's a defense mechanism for you to do that? You know, I I love like when my my favorite day of the year is Universal Halloween Horror Nights, which I've already mm. so far this year. Um, and I'm always like, I'll go first, and everyone like sends me first. And so when I get scared, I bust out laughing, and I think it's the funniest thing. And I and then I start telling, then I applaud them, like, "Oh, it was so good! Oh, thank you!" And I start thanking them for, like, you know, almost murdering me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have seen some stuff that I mean, today I was at a spirit Halloween store. I love spirit Halloween store. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was just trying to record some stuff and I kept waiting. I knew that the skull jumped out from underneath this behind this, this grave and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm recording and nothing's happening. And I'm like, Oh, whatever. And so of course I stop recording 
and I take a step and the skull jumps up and I jumped and I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) hell, you know, so ghost of the plague doctor walking through my apartment, whatever, let's go get some champagne. Uh, You actually (laughs) actually just reminded me of something you may not remember at all, but we went to the Queen Mary Halloween thing one year. Yeah. And we one of the last like if and just for people out there listening, if you haven't been to like Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights or any of those things, these theme parks kind of set up like mazes or haunted houses, and you have to go through and scary stuff jumps out at you and people and jump it's out movie at you. studios. So it is yep. top yep. of the top of the line. It's you yeah. know, it's Universal. not grades, you know, teacher putting spaghetti in a bowl and being like mm-hmm. eyes and yeah. Universal does a good job. And Queen Mary, that's the only time I ever went is with you. And I didn't think they were as good as Universal, which I didn't expect. Uh, But Queen Mary is famously a haunted ship in Long Beach, California. And and they sort of turn parts of it into this this Halloween event, kind of like Halloween Horror Nights, but a little smaller. But we were there. And the last, I think it was near closing when they shut down for the night. And we went into one of the haunted mazes. And some guy jumps out of a wall and is coming towards us. He's, I don't remember what he looked like, but in my mind, he has an ax and a mask and he's coming towards us. And you went, it's almost closing time. And the guy (laughs) in the mask went, oh, thank God. And like walked away from us. (laughs) So I don't know if you remember that, but I I always thought that was funny. And I I think I've forgotten about it for years until you were just talking. And I, I, I do remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) i always like to you know have conversations with the people actually uh this last universal halloween horror nights there's the terror tram before you go into jordan peele land which is fantastic but um you go through bates motel and it was our second time going through but this time there was a pimp that was all he's injured he has knives um treating out of his uh stomach in two different areas and i'm like oh buddy you have indigestion and i got like a a water blast in my face <laughs> and it was like i didn't even see it coming and it wasn't there the first time and this was my second attempt to go take a picture with norman bates in front of the mm-hmm. site and I had messed up our pictures the first time because I always pose with like eagle claw hands uh, down at my side. And I always I don't photograph well. I always look like I'm having a seizure. So I'm like, I'm going to really like get a decent picture this time. But then I took a water can into the face. And so I just look like a drown. <laughs> my friend's like, why do you ruin everything? And I'm like, it wasn't. <laughs> it was really trying hard. But anyway, yeah, I was talking to the pimp that had was almost about to die. And then I got hit with the water cannon. So maybe it shouldn't be such an asshole and just try and talk to people and be like, Hey, how are you doing? You're okay. Do you have good, I hope you have like cushions in your shoes. Cause this is a long night for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, but again, <laughs> pandemic doctor ghost, I don't know what, the f- I yeah. don't know what that was. Yeah. And that's, it- that's interesting because you're in Los Angeles where there's not you know, the plague wasn't out here at that time. There wouldn't, you know, no. so that's that's an interesting thing. And that's not even on my radar. And the mm-hmm. thing is, like where I live right now, I live in a fourplex and we have a sister apartment behind me that is a fourplex. And then we share the eight garages in the back courtyard. And I've talked to a couple of the other women that live in the, the sister building and we've all had weird stuff happen. And um, 
I find out there was an 85-year-old lady that had passed away here a couple of years ago, and her name was Georgia. So, you know, I've had weird stuff happen here, but nothing scary. And I'm mm. just like, oh, it's just Georgia. But And I've seen dark shadow things like dart from one, uh, like from my front porch, like through the front door. And then another time I was in... I was like on the phone talking to my friend, like, I don't know, do I need new tires for my car? Maybe. And then I just see this dark shadow, like bolt in my bedroom into the closet. And you're like, okay. And then I just assume it's Georgia. And again, it's like Georgia moves keys and different random things around the apartment. And the cats don't really act to it. So I'm not, I've never been scared here. It, you know, the only time I've been scared here was Fourth of July when the jerks across the street were setting off mortars. Um, and yeah, I, thought gun- <laughs> I thought that was gunshot. Yeah. But this, like, nothing has ever frightened me here. And so, but plague doctor should have really, I should have had a heart attack and like fallen over. But I, I was just like, huh, great. Yeah. This is cool. And that, that's all that was. Um, yeah. but again, I mean. I've had things, you know, from college that had happened to, um, you know, I have amazing angel stories, which I know is like a different pivot. Mm-hmm. You know, my grandmother, after she passed away in a car, car accident, um, when I was 12, like crazy weird stuff where I should have been killed and then wasn't. And then I could smell her after. Oh, wow. Um, and that had happened on numerous occasions. Um, but I don't know. And it just, again, there's sometimes you feel like I don't have anyone to talk about it. Mm-hmm. To, and then there's sometimes I can mention things to my mom. And I do have a couple of friends that that are like, you know, hey, I get it. And I'm down mm-hmm. with that. And even my friend Joe, who uh, went ghost hunting with us when we were in Ione, California, mm-hmm. Weston Castle, you know, I will reach out to him. Um, but other than that, you just kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. And so so not to, not to turn back on the nerdy thing mm-hmm. again, but like, what do you think ghosts are? Do you have, have you even thought about it in that way? Like, is it an energy? Do you? Or I guess a better question for you might be, do you, are you one of those people that feel like you can communicate or are you just seeing a residual activity of some sort of energy or life that was there? Like, what do you, what are your thoughts on that kind of stuff? That is a broad question. And Mm -hmm. that is the Pandora's box. I, I have always kind of felt like I'm like your five cent. 10 your your nickel dime medium um <laughs> but you know so right now my my grandma mary who's in a retirement home um she keeps for years she keeps talking about the man in the overalls and sadly i do feel like my my grandma is we are getting towards the end mm-hmm. um, but you know when i was home in Kansas in June, my mom kept going, your grandma keeps talking about the man in the overalls. Do you see the man in the overalls? And I'm like, I've seen him several times, but I, and, but I feel like that's a residual Mm -hmm. that. And so she's at a retirement home and I've seen this guy in, you know, white t-shirt. He has like balding on top, like horseshoe kind of hair. Mm -hmm. And he has a white t-shirt on with dark blue overalls. He's a little overweight. 
And he just wanders through there. But I feel like to me, there's no harm. It's a residual. And I feel like that is just kind of playing on a loop. Um, but it is interest, interesting that my grandma, she does see him now. And so she talks about him often. And then my mom, you know, my mom was just like, can you please help me? And again, my mom, I was hoping my mom would be like, hey, I'm seeing him too. But she never, she's never mm -hmm. said that she's seeing him or not now. So I don't know what that is. Um, but it, it just depends because everything, you know, I years ago we were at, I was at IO. At Improv Olympic West, it's an improv theater in LA. Um, and I, we had a late uh, class and it was like midnight or something. And I was closing one of the, um, uh, you remember, I don't know, there was the stairwell going up to the lounge. There was that window and it had one of those L. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. It opens in a weird. L yeah. thing, and my thumb got caught in it and it like almost chopped my thumb. <laughs> Yeah. so um we a friend had to drive me home to my apartment that was catty corner from that hospital it, the hospital's not even there anymore or it is it's just closed up mm. and it was on olympic boulevard and when i hospitals are difficult for me uh mortuaries are difficult and churches are incredibly difficult for me to go in because to me, I feel like there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of pain that's trapped in there. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes things do get trapped. And so here I am in this hospital and we, there was a man that was just covered in blood. And of course my ex was sitting there and I'm, you know, they kept coming in, giving me painkillers and, but it kept wearing off because they were so busy that night that, by the time they would come back, the painkillers would have worn off mm -hmm. and they'd have to do it again. So we were there like six hours and I'm just sitting there. And from the time we walked in and again, you're like, oh, but you're on painkillers. So you're seeing this. But like, no, the entire time, this guy just absolutely he had been in a car accident. He's probably 45 years old. He's gone. But he just kept going through the walls. He didn't know where he was. And because I think sometimes if somebody is, if they lose their life tragically quickly, it's, they don't, they don't know that they're gone and there's a confusion and it's mm. not everybody. It's not everybody. It's just, I feel like that that kind of happens sometimes. And sometimes people get trapped or confused. Spirits get confused, you know, I don't want people calling in like she's wrong. Um, again, that's just my opinion um, from what I've seen in my life. Um, I know a woman here in town that like 20 years ago or so, uh, there was a car accident and it ended up killing two people and it ended up being on her front porch. Yeah. And she ended up having to sell her house because um, for the next three years, she just had people like on her porch and she would see things in the middle of night. Um, and again, sometimes when I see things, they're different. Everything's in a different format. Sometimes I see it like energy. I, um, you know, like if you're out on the, out in the desert or something, um, and you see the heat waves coming off the the pavement, that inner, that to me is what it looks like sometimes. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Is that, so I see that I, sometimes I see, 
smoke. Sometimes it's like in a cloud formation. Sometimes it's in the shape of a person. Sometimes I see shadows. Sometimes I actually see physical people. And so it's it's different all mm-hmm. the all the time. Part of me is like, I wish I was better at it. The other part of me is like, I don't have time. I got shit to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, but that's how my life has always been. Um, and again, you know, don't do drugs. Don't not. Yeah. A big and just- I can even just in case any listeners out there are like doubting you with the don't do drugs or stuff. I've known you. It's going to make me feel really old, but I think I've known you like 12 or 13, maybe even longer than that. It's been a while. Like 15. Uh, And I, I, we used to go to the same comedy place and be up late at night in Hollywood. And sometimes we would go out places afterwards and you never, I never saw you once have a drink. We even used to go to the tea place. The place looks like Titanic that doesn't serve alcohol. Oh, Cafe Jack. I love place (laughs) yeah so it's like yeah you were not you were not a drug person you were not drinking you were not you know any of that kind of stuff so uh, that is worth notating for for people that don't know you (laughs) (laughs) well thank you yeah yeah uh so are are there any other stories and just because this is this is going to come out in october so uh, is there anything else scary ish that stood out to you. And I know most of your experiences don't necessarily come off as scary, but is there anything that's just kind of shocking or would fit that kind of vibe? Um, You know, my mom's house that they live in now, which is in the middle of nowhere. um, uh, My dad, we'll call him John from State Farm. uh, My dad used to run State Farm for Kansas and Oklahoma before he lost his eyesight. And um, so during- Did he have insurance to cover any of that? I hope so. <laughs> he had it with Allstate. Um, and he, um, so when I was at, when I was at college, I um, would always come home during the summer and I would try, I would always do like a summer internship thing at State Farm and I would pray for like tornadoes or hailstorms, sorry. Florida. I'm sorry. Um, but that meant that they would open up a storm office instead of working like 8.30 to 4.30, you worked 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. seven days a week. And, um, you know, back in the late 1900s, uh, when this took place, I I made bank and I would work seven days a week, 7 a.m., 7 p.m., during um, um, this storm office. And then I wouldn't have to work during the school during the school School year year, yeah and so but i would always stay at my mom's house and um so one time they were gone for a convention my cat mildred was at the house and i think i you know it's an hour drive to get home and i would get i think i got home it's like eight something and I remember walking in the back door and like putting my stuff down and again our nearest neighbor is good mile away and I'm turning off the security and I yell at my cat Mildred and I'm like Mildred come here and she's not coming and she's not coming and I'm in the kitchen and then I hear a man's voice say Brandy she's back here and I (laughs) it was stood there and again you know there's no cars in the you know and it's just I 
and I'm crying and I was frozen. I actually, I physically could not move. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm begging for my cat to come. And she finally, she came running down the hall. She came out. I scooped her up. I can't go in the house. I can't get her carrier. I just literally picked her up and turned around, set the alarm, locked the house up. And I got in my car and I drove to my grandma's because and I'm like, I have no food. I have no litter box. I have nothing. I don't I can't be in the house. So the following week, um, you know, I was telling this to my mom. My mom's like, this doesn't make sense because we've never had anything here. Um, and Again, their house was built uh, like 1905. It's an old fucking mm. house. It has been redone many times. Um, So here it is the next week. I'm going to bed. It's like 10 at night because I have to get up at 530. And I went and I crawled into bed. And I remember I had rolled over on the bed and Mildred asleep at the end of the bed and i had i felt an index finger and a thumb grab the side of my arm and i shot up and went running and you know to the living room where my parents were and was like you know something just grabbed my arm and you know my stepfather's like it's probably a bug i'm like eh, with like a thumb <laughs> and the next finger the very next night i crawled into bed same thing but this time it burned my arm and oh. I physically got a burn. Um, I do not have it anymore. It was a long time ago, but for years, years, I had a scar on my left arm from, and it looked like a curling iron burn. It was bizarre. And I did not sleep. I wouldn't sleep in my room. I, you know, I went back to school like a week or two later and I was like, Ugh. so like at Christmas when I had come home, I'm like, eh, nope, I'm going to sleep mm -hmm. on the couch. So I think those are probably, and you know, at this point I'm like 20, 21. So those were probably the scariest things that I've ever had. And again, like I said, I have uh angel stories from my grandma her name is also mildred my cat was named mm. my grandma um but you know so i you know i have that i feel like i have a mixed bag mm -hmm. of random things that have happened um good bad i've had cat i've had cats that have passed away um i there's you know this one's a good one this wasn't a scary one but we had a cat um, an outdoor cat named Chernobyl. Um, and Chernobyl had this meow that reminded me of, I don't know if you remember the old 70s show Emergency. When it would start, it was like, that's what Chernobyl sounded like. She had, oh, and yeah, she okay. Constantly. Yeah. And um, she was always being sprayed by skunks and random stuff. And so you always had to pet her with like, you know, here's the Walmart bag. <laughs> and that's where she got her scratches. And so I was home from school. So this is the same time of all this stuff had happened. And um, she's a country cat. So if you went for a walk, country cat went for a walk with you. So we had Chernobyl and our dog Shadow. And so I had gone 
up to school for the weekend. I had taken, this is the only time I had taken any time off during the State Farm hailstorm, and had come back. And I was like, my mom's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm going to have dinner ready in like 45 minutes. And I'm like, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go walk down to the creek and I'm going to go grab Shadow and Chernobyl and whatever. And my mom's like, oh, uh, okay. So I leave and I'm outside and I'm calling and calling and calling for Chernobyl and Chernobyl's not coming. And that's not normal because mm-hmm. the second you pull in the driveway, Chernobyl's like, hey, let's go for a walk. Um, so I'm with Shadow. We walk down this, we have two like long dirt road driveways to get up to the blacktop to get to another dirt road to go down to this creek. And the entire time I'm calling for Chernobyl and we only have one neighbor that you would see at this point. And on my way back, I am back on the blacktop, but it's the the fence to our pasture. And there's like a middle pond and a north pond up there. And I start hearing, and I'm like, Chernobyl, what are you doing? Come see me. And I'm like standing on the fence post like a crazy person, like Chernobyl. And of course, Shadow, um, our German shepherd is sitting there like, can we get, can we please can keep we get going? going? And I probably talked to Chernobyl for a good two minutes of like, and she's like full on communicating. And I end up giving up. I come in, I sit down at the dinner table and my mom's like, oh, how was your walk? And I'm like, it was fine, but it was really weird. I couldn't get Chernobyl to come to me. It was super weird. And my stepfather just picks up his plate. Oh, I'm going to eat in the living room. Oh, no. And he leaves and my mom's like, um, I need to talk to you about something. And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, um, Chernobyl died. And I'm like, what? And she's like, uh, yesterday, uh, I got up, Dale and I were going to mow the yard and I could see her out in the front and next to the tree. And I'm like, well, she'll get up. And then she didn't. And then she didn't. And Dale's getting closer with the lawnmower. And I'm like, oh, God. She's like, no, no, no. But um, we go over to check on her and she just passed away. And I'm like, wait, but that, no, I was just talking to her. And my mom's like, no, I've already buried her. And I'm like, well, where did you bury her? And she was like, at the North Pond. And that's where... Mm she was talking to me from was from the North pond. And, you know, so I'm very lucky and I'm thankful that I, you know, I have, again, I have a mixed bag. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, that's good though. And those are just honestly, as somebody that's so interested in this kind of stuff, I think the fact that you have a mixed bag is important because if you were, if you had a very specific type of story and it was one type of story over and over again, I would be like, hmm, I don't know if I believe Brandy, but like <laughs> because of because of the variety you have in the mixed bag, I think it I think it makes it more valid. I think it shows that that you believe. And, and I think I just as somebody that does like to kind of try to really understand these things, I think that's an important aspect to it. So I like that it's a mixed bag. Uh, we are running out of time. So is there anything you want people to know about this kind of stuff? And and you don't have to have an answer to that. I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm just <laughs> wondering if you have any final thoughts to any of this kind of thing. Um, I mean, I think be open to it. Just keep 
an open mind and, you know, the chances of, you know, you buying a haunted doll at an antique shop and having it come home and murdering your family, you're going to be slim to none. Slim to none. Slim to none. It's good. I'm, I'm terrified of dolls. So so now I'm going to be thinking of that. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no. Okay. I know we have, this would open up a whole other Pandora's box, but and so I won't. But I did, I went to, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren did a, um, they did a speech series where they went around colleges um, uh, back in the late, uh, early 90s or whatever. And I like drove into Kansas City and I saw them uh, give a talk, like a lecture. And I remember and they had the actual footage of Annabelle. And it was like, I can't remember. It was like 16, 18 millimeter. This is before. Oh, yeah. It would have had to be. Yeah. And this is before all of that stuff. And I remember that that is probably the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I can't it's even hard to talk about what it was, but it was like I remember walking to my car and it was like, gosh, what was that? It was it was like 85 degrees out fall weather. And I have terrified. And to this day, you can't get anywhere near me with a fucking Raggedy Ann doll. And I collect things. I collect antique typewriters and cameras. And if I'm with my mom and we're antiquing, she will always be like, don't go in that booth. And (laughs) there's a fucking Raggedy Ann doll in there. And I can't, I have literally, I was one time I was at my grandma's at, at, at the retirement home, like this is a few years ago. And my uncle came in and he was like, oh, I got some dolls for your grandmother. And she's in her 90s. So she enjoys these things. And she pulls out a Raggedy Ann doll. And yeah. I'm like, my mom's like, and I can't, I am, I can't move. I can't, I'm like frozen. It's like I've been tasered. And my mom's like, come with me, walk out of the room. And then like two hours later, we were at a Walmart and I'm near the frozen food section and I am doubled over and on the floor. And I just have tears rolling down my face. And my mom's like, what is happening? And I'm like, I was in a room with a raggedy hand. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, it's okay. I'm going to get rid of them. And she did. She got rid of them. They are no longer like, I don't, I think, I think, you know, to do a herald here and bring things back around, uh, they may have gone into the dumpster. <laughs> the dumpster behind, fire. Yep. Behind the Dillons. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm all for it. I support burning of Raggedy Ann dolls and any other kind of creepy doll. They, they, it, it absolutely terrifies me. It terrifies, and clowns. I'm one of those people that's like terrifying oh, clowns too. Cl- clowns. Clown. Are, yeah. Clown. Yeah. One day. It was like two or three years ago. I'm coming out. I just got off the 10th freeway and I am on La Brea and there's like this weird liquor store there, like La Brea and like Venice. And there's like a Taco Bell and there's this dark patch. And I look over and it's like, it's like June. Um, And there's a man standing in a clown outfit with a balloon, just like in the road. <laughs> mm. <laughs> those are the things that yeah. I lose sleep over that I'm terrified of, but you know, pandemic doctor ghost. Yeah. Well, that's, that's kind of almost where I think we should end, which is be terrified of things like clowns and dolls, Mm -hmm. but don't be worried about ghosts. Have an open mind about ghosts and spirits and things and energies from the other side. 
but they're not going to be nearly as terrifying as a clown. <laughs> so just be honest with them and tell them that they're not welcome and they need yeah. to leave your space. Yeah, that's all so you need stage, to do. Yeah. Um, if I could bottle smoke like in a mist, like you know, I just keep it on me at all times. Um, just like a helmet and safety gloves. Uh, do that. But if it's a ghost and you don't want it there, just tell it to leave. And then if it won't, then, you know, go a little higher. Uh, it's like watching ghost hunters at night and they're like, you know, you should get a male Wiccan or like a, what, what is, what is, what oh, are I, males? I, I, uh, a, a warlock? A warlock. Yeah. You need a male warlock to come in. And I'm like, where are they going to get a male warlock at this time of night in Minnesota? <laughs> Barely open until 5 p.m. on the weekdays. Yeah. It's good old fun. Yellow pages for warlocks. Yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, just because of time, I'm going to have to end, Brandy. I'm so sorry to cut oh. you off of this stuff. Uh, I've I've really enjoyed I could it. Go on for days. <laughs> yeah. No, I could too. I I love talking to you about this stuff. So uh, thank you for sharing to to of the world, uh, on the podcast. And yeah, do, do we want to do any final plugs before we get off? Do you want to plug the book or Sasquatch Detective or anything else? Um, the book, none of this is going according to plan on Amazon and Barnes and Noble dot com. Yep. And, um, I am doing stand up now, like around yeah. the Los Angeles area. I think, um, I'm doing a show at the comedy Chateau. Nice. <laughs> October 13th, but I don't know when this is coming out. So it it'll come, be- this is going to come out. So I don't, can, I don't have to look at a calendar, but it'll be before that. You like residual haunting. Um, and it's already happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the past. <laughs> but look up Brandy Stillwell, and uh, I'm sure stuff will, will pop out. Do you have like a social media? And it's funny because I, I probably follow you, but I'm so terrible at it. I don't even know if I do. Uh, you know, Facebook's private, but I hate it. And then mm. there's Instagram. So I'm on Instagram okay. and, and uh, Twitter. Nice. And I'll, I'll provide some links to stuff too in the show notes. Uh, so thank you again for sharing all the, all the, the stories and sharing your personal experiences. And I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you for having me, Michael. Good to see you. You too. That'll do it for tonight. Thank you for listening to A Study of Strange. Next week's episode begins a two-part experience for Halloween a variety of guests, friends, filmmakers, podcasters, a bunch of people that will be on the show sharing their favorite scary stories to me. Some of them are personal experiences, some of them are just freaky and fun. To support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Visit our Patreon page, which can be found through our website, www.astudyofstrange.com. And find us on Instagram, at A Study of Strange. And feel free to email me your comments, your ideas, even some of your own personal experiences. I am going to incorporate listeners into future episodes. That email is astudyofstrange at gmail.com. Thank you, and good night.